0: What's wrong with you, man? Get the other record. He is, he is, he is. Damn. <laughs>
1: Bullshit! 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 Welcome to the disenfranchised Podcast, where that podcast all about those franchises of one. Those films that fancy themselves full-fledged franchises before falling flat on their face after the first film. I am your host, Tucker, and this week we're doing something a little different. Uh, every fifth Thursday of the year, I have been... I've allowed to pick the movie... No matter what it is, it doesn't have to fit the format. Um, Even though this week it does, uh, it is still the disenfranchised podcast, but we are subtitling it straight up. Because outside of like, it's the thing I say the most. Straight up. With me as always is... uh, my co-host Steven and I forgot to think of something clever to say before I said his name. How's it going, Steven? It's going well, Tucker. Thank you for letting me be on this podcast. No problem. You know, I I'm, I'm glad that I allowed you to be on it actually. Right. Um I thought and about not letting you be on it,
2: but Certainly that way and not the other way around. Absolutely. No,
1: no. I I I feel really blessed by your presence here today. Um Unfortunately, Brett could not be with us because he's uh, drunkenly shadow boxing on some cliff in Australia. Hopefully he does not fall. Uh, We have a very special guest with us today, uh, my good friend of many years and friend of the podcast, Mr. J.P. Leck.
0: How's it going? Hello, hello, gentlemen. It's great to be back. It's always good to have you. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Let's talk about it. This movie that I'm uh, currently watching as we're recording. <laughs>
1: what uh I am, what,
0: I am an hour and 11 minutes in, so uh buy me about 20 minutes.
1: Right. What are we'll, what, we'll, what we'll
0: is for you? No problem.
1: <laughs> what is the film this week? I wonder if you'd tell us, I wonder.
0: Uh I will tell you that the film is The Return of Captain Invincible.
1: That's right. 1982, uh, is The Return of Captain Invincible. There it is. 83. It says 82 on my Uh, Blu-ray.
2: Wikipedia and IMDb both say 1983.
1: Color, 1982. I trust the porn distributors over that. Okay. I don't know what to tell you. You know they've got their heads on straight. They know what they're doing, man. they got a business plan.
2: The number says 1984, so. I mean, who are you going to believe? I mean, the internet has not steered me wrong. That's not true. The internet steers me wrong all the time. (laughs)
1: that's why i can hold this in my hand and it says 1982 so i'm gonna i'm gonna believe it i'm believing it uh so yeah we're talking about the return of captain invincible starring uh who's in this who's in this piece of shit uh we've got uh your boy alan arkin um christopher lee who is wonderful. Christopher christopher lee i'm sorry i forgot to say the great Christopher Mm -hmm. Lee. This is why I don't host normally. Um, (laughs) Kate Fitzpatrick, Bill Hunter, David, what's this argue is his name, Mm -hmm. David argue, Michael Pate as the president, all these people I'm not familiar with at all.
2: They're all like Alan Arkin. Right. Christopher Christopher Lee. Yeah. With the exception
1: of those two, the entire rest of the cast are Australian actors. Uh, this is also except for except for the guy who plays the the French guy, Mr. Midnight's uh, French butler guy. He is oh, British. He's a British man playing a French man in an Australian film.
2: Uh, this is also this film was also one of the early film roles of the great Bruce Spence as well. So that's uh, I think worth pointing out.
1: Who's that? I don't know who that is.
2: Uh, Oh my god, this guy has so many franchise credits. He is in the Mad Max franchise, he is in the Lord of the Rings franchise, he is in the Star Wars franchise, he's in the Children of the Corn franchise, he's in Dark City, he's in one of the Chronicles of Narnia. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Just I like see. an absolutely... Yeah like he was prolific the australian oh. actor. yeah, yeah. Major, well. that's right he's the he's the the coachman or whatever yes the, the train guy the yeah, train guy, guy.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah this guy he really um, is. i didn't recognize him in this film that's crazy because he's yeah. got a very unique face you'd think i would have
2: who was
0: he in him. this i don't remember i would have spotted him
2: he was midnight's doctor is is the role he's credited as in this film i did not catch him either so i kind of want to rewatch mm. this just to see. Uh, he's also one of the sharks in Finding Nemo, also. So he's just
1: oh,
2: <laughs> this. This like like I said, this man is prolific. Uh,
1: so yeah,
2: I also I also
1: love in the um, in the credits here. There are so many people who played themselves through archive footage. One being um, one uh, Mr. Adolf Hitler, mm-hmm. uh, Joseph McCarthy, Yep, uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt, and Kate Smith yeah i really yeah. enjoyed the um the mccarthy stuff i, I did thought too. that, that was, was fun
2: that was my favorite one
0: yeah checking out uh, adolf hitler on imdb and uh yeah don't go down that ro-
2: rabbit hole too like far you the, like you the do The you do i learn about this guy the less i like <laughs> yeah I mean, kind of an asshole I don't think this, this Hitler guy is a good person. I don't know. To,
0: to steal a, a joke from the great Norm Macdonald. <laughs> right.
2: To
1: quote to quote uh, Mr. Mushnick in The Little Shop of Horrors, I'm starting to think he's not such a nice boy. <laughs>
2: uh, they make a very similar joke in the play Arsenic and Old Lace as well. I think this Mr. Hitler is not a Christian, is what they say about him there. So. <laughs> mm. Always nice when it happens <laughs> good. <That's cool>. Right? <laughs>
1: So, oh, I didn't say the thing. Wait, let me say it. Are you guys ready? What a cast, gentlemen. Dare I say, what a picture.
0: Nicely done. Well done.
1: That's canning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Uh, I think it's quite a picture. I'm a big fan of this movie.
2: I think it's suffice Uh, it to say that any film that we cover in this slot is going to be
1: one that you just are unequivocally a fan of that's true that is true I, this uh, as i said before this is kind of my kind of my soapbox because we, we Steven got of... tired of me nagging him to watch certain <clears throat> movies and look my intentions are pure i just want to share the things i love with the people that i love
2: yeah, That's but all. when I'm getting texts every day like, why isn't Blank on the schedule yet? And me thinking, if we front load all of these, it's just going to be like we're just not going to get a list. We're just not going to have listeners for a month and a half. What? <laughs> I
1: like, like movies that people like.
2: But, you know, I have to schedule them, and I've got like 20 other things on the schedule that I have to fit in with new releases and guests that want to be on the podcast and things like that. So oh, yeah. it's and, and of course, you have no sympathy whatsoever for what it takes to schedule this damn thing. Uh, no, so I just, and by way of compromise, I said, look, you know how there are fifth Thursdays four times a year? Those are your days. That's when I'm scheduling the stuff you want me to put in. So that's kind of been unofficially how we've been doing it for most of this year. Uh, and then we're just making it official this month. So yeah.
1: Well, and initially I wanted to do it as like a, a Patreon show where I just kind of have my own show. Right. But we are, Brett and I have those. we are notoriously bad at committing to Patreon content, which is another reason why, like I said before, I had to save the Patreon and invent what are we watching?
2: Well, it's, I mean, it's not like all four of us are just, you know, or the three of us rather are are just, you know, free all the time to record whatever we want, whenever we want. Particularly when it's summertime when you're like barely available and then Brett's barely available. And I was the only one keeping regular hours for, you know, those several months. Uh, so it was just, you know, we just needed to find the time to record. Now, your schedule's a little lighter, but Brett's is still crazy. Mine's yeah. freer than ever. So you got all the time in the world. Mm, I hate that. Um, so, yeah. But uh, so I mean, scheduling this thing is kind of a nightmare, which is why we usually end up recording these the Sunday before they come out. That's true, or if the Monday or a, Tuesday before they come out.
1: There's a few times where we've been ahead. Where you this just year. do them live a couple on times. Thursday evening, right? I
2: guess I start. Doing I mean, it Some we, live streams. we could. There have been a, there have been a couple times this year where we've been ahead of the game, but when we usually like shoot ourselves in the foot by just deciding to take a week off. Like that whole, we had a whole month. Where we just did archived episodes for an entire month, and we did not record a damn thing that entire month. Uh, we could have gotten so far ahead of ourselves, and we decided to squander all of that. So
1: yeah, there was only I mean, one person working that month. You guys was, need your time off, right? It's me, you guys. I guess. I but, do think that we should. I, you know, are we taking a break at the beginning of the year? Um, I we can talk about it off, Mike. Oh, man, I forgot this was the main feed. Yeah. Well, it was so loosey-goosey there with me being host. I just figured, <laughs> you know. I
2: run a tight ship. What can I say?
1: It's true. You do. Uh, now I'm uh, now that I've pretended to be host for a while, uh, go ahead and guide us, Stephen. Guide us like you do. To ask me what my history with this movie is. Ask me.
0: Make it about 10 minutes worth. I'm almost done
2: with the movie. well here's the thing i'm gonna ask tucker a question and he'll just go off for 10 minutes that's true uh so apparently i'm host now again when it's convenient uh, for you so tucker what's with this movie
1: i just kind of i just kind of assumed at this point you would have taken back over
2: no dude this is your Um, this is your show man i am i'm i serve i serve as a pleasure of tucker this week are you guys fighting should i go yeah you, hate you do hate it when mom and dad fight that's, Should, you I step out
1: you guys are... that's something i love about you is that you can tell you can tell when it's time to i have some friends we're all getting a fight like with another friend they'll just sit there like on their phone and i'm like i'm trying to have an <laughs> argument like <laughs> you leave no this is actually not you. a fight at all this is just <laughs> oh
2: i know i know I tease. I tease this is just me being obstinate uh really is what it is
1: um Well, and you guys don't have any history with this film outside of you watched it for this podcast. Correct. Yeah.
2: You said, hey, this is I remember when you brought this up uh, probably a month or two ago on what are we watching? You're like, this is something we're going to cover. And I was like, all right, when's the next fifth? I think it was actually I think it was when the last time that Joseph was on. When we did that, uh, and you're just like, this is, and and you, he's like, you know, Joseph, you're coming back for it. And Joseph's like, yeah, okay. So really, you kind of, you kind of dug your own grave on this one, Joseph. I know. I just, um, yeah, had to agree. Had to be nice about it.
1: Well, here, here's something I, I always, I always try to share. Like I say, the movies and other entertainment that I enjoy with my friends, because whether they like end up liking it or not, like. I don't know. I, f- I feel like that's kind of like a part of like they they get me. So even if they don't like the media that I've suggested to them, they can be like, "Oh yeah, I can see, I can see my boy in here." Like I get I get why he's way into this.
0: And I'm sure that's how it'll be with me when it's my turn to bring movies to you guys. You'll be like, you may not like them all, but you'll see why I like them. So yeah, I see where you're coming
1: from. Yeah. I, I think and so. I th- I think that's important, and I encourage my friends. Like there's a lot of stuff that's. Like Jimmy and I, uh, uh, last week's guest, uh, our good friend Evan Tui, aka Jimmy, we do something that's called an album swap. And this is just really our excuse to make sure that we, you know, stay good buddies and stuff by talking to each other often. Is we will schedule a time and I will give him a record to listen to that he's never listened to, not physically give it to him, but like assign it to him. And he'll do the same for me. And we will listen to them, and then when we are done, we talk to each other on the phone about both of those records. Hmm. And it's it's a lot of fun because we're both dudes who like to be exposed to new music, even if it's not of a, a genre that's with, like specifically in our wheelhouse. And uh, there have been there have been some things that I've listened to that he sent me that I have not really liked, and vice versa. But that's it's still fun. I I've listened to it and like I don't know if if he brings it up, I know what he's talking about. And that's the same with these films and stuff that I suggest to you guys. It's like I I hope that you'll like it. I'm never going to suggest something that I know that you will not like. Mm. I will suggest something to where I'm like I don't I don't really know if they'll like this or not. But never. If I see something, I'm like, "Yeah, Joe's not gonna fucking like this." Like, I would never suggest that to you.
0: I will say that I am glad to have seen this movie, even though exactly. spoiler alert: I didn't love it, didn't hate it's it, fun. didn't love it. Glad to
1: have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's something else, and um, it's uh, something just, else. It, it, is, really, it is at least that. Yes. <laughs> uh, just briefly, I discovered this because i was watching a youtube video i don't remember which youtuber it was one of the youtubers i watched that just watches like the weirdest and the worst films and talks about them and this person briefly mentioned this film maybe did like 30 seconds on this and i was like what alan arkin number one alan arkin Mm -hmm. I've been in love with that man since the rocketeer and Peavy. Yeah. One of my faves. And I love in this movie. It's so great because he does his best, but there are so many moments where it's just the look on his face. It's just like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Like on Alan Arkin's face, as he's acting, he's just like, my question was going to be what? whether whether any either
0: one of you did any research and whether he like was coerced into this film or signed on and then didn't because he like you said there are times where he really doesn't look like he wants to be there. He I don't was know if not
2: was... the original choice for Captain Invincible. Okay, so you did do the research. Thank I you. did. I did a peripheral amount of research on tell me
0: because i'm dying to know please Uh,
2: so the original actor that was cast in the role was james coburn really yes wow what a very different movie that would have been um james coburn was the original choice the magnificent seven zone james coburn Mm -hmm. uh, a future academy award winner for affliction james coburn Mm -hmm. um as opposed to future academy award winner for little miss sunshine alan arkin um, but he was the original choice and he and Philippe Mora, the director of the film, uh, had known one another and had wanted to work on a project together. And so he was cast in this film and got the script and could not for the life of him understand the point of the vacuum scene. <laughs> <laughs> that makes two of us. <laughs> what? and morat like explains it to him is like this is what this is this is why this is in the movie i don't know what that explanation was but suffice it to say coburn didn't get it and so he's like you know what i'm out hit me on the next one um and so they did um and then alan arkin i guess was the second choice
1: hmm. now i don't i don't think to me uh he doesn't look like he doesn't want to be there. The look that I see on his face every once in a while when he breaks character just a little bit is a look of like, "Are you seeing this shit? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that? Did you see that shit? This is ridiculous." Like he's kind of smiling and kind of looking confused oh, sometimes. Sometimes he, really it's does. Like, he what brings. What am I doing here in this movie?
2: Like sometimes was... I legitimately don't think he knows why he's in this movie. That's, that's <laughs> what I kept
0: getting. Okay, I'm to the credits. I have officially finished the movie. Now we can talk about it. Nice. <laughs> nice. I told you. There's fireworks. Uh, they're flying through
1: the city. She's sitting on his back. Yeah. I'm glad you finally it rewatched like George it. George Washington. Yes. Now let's let's not l- let's make sure everyone knows that you did watch this last week. I did. I watched
0: it last week, but my I've got the memory of a goldfish, so I really wanted to try to brush up on it. So. As we were recording the uh, Patreon thing before this, I was rewatching the film to try to, you know, brush up on it. Oh, yeah. And Now I feel uh, brushed up. You look brushed. Thank you, thank you. Very yeah, well quaffed. I Well done. Try? Yeah, well done. <laughs> All right, go on. <laughs> Did, had you finished your your thing, Justin? I'm sure. Well, we I didn't. was
1: saying. In, anyway, I uh, I I watched it on Tubi. It was on Tubi, and halfway through. I went and found the Blu-ray and purchased it. You and boy, am it. I glad I did. Because not only does it... It's three discs. The first disc is the theatrical cut, which is what we all watched. And it has interviews with the gal that played the gal. And it has interview with the Englishman playing a Frenchman in an Australian movie. Uh, it has an interview with the cinematographer um and somebody else i don't remember it's right here in front of me i just wanted to do it by memory uh producer producer andrew gady uh but yeah Mm -hmm. cinematographer also one of the
2: credited screenwriters on the
1: film there's a really good clip from german tv where christopher lee um performs name your poison Mm. it's really really good and he's actually on time
2: a song that I'm kind of surprised that TikTok has not discovered and attempted to
1: like. Just wait. It'll happen. Now I, that I've got I... wind of this, it's going to explode. <laughs> is that how that works? Yes. It yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but yes, it is. I will
0: say, I while I didn't love this movie, any time they cut back to Christopher Lee, I was all in. Yeah, because I think I feel like him above everybody else, like knew what movie he was in being Christopher Lee, right? Yeah. And yeah, I I adored his parts. His parts were great. He
2: is one of those actors. And and we honestly, this feels like kind of, this feels like a pattern in, in some of the movies that Tucker has suggested to us, like the guys playing the villains tend to know what movie they're in better than anyone else in the cast. And their performances are like perfectly pitched. Like I'm thinking specifically of Malcolm McDowell in Tank Girl. Like or John Lithgow um, in
1: Buckaroo Bonsai. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a, like,
2: well, and I, I think in Buckaroo Bonsai, Peter Weller knows pretty well what movie he's in too. Like, I yeah. think Bons- it's more than just Lithgow, but Lithgow in particular knows what movie he's in. Like, and of course, in Pootie
1: Tang, the great Robert Vaughn. Of
2: course. Robert, Robert Vaughn. Vaughn, let's be honest, I don't, th- I don't think Robert Vaughn knows what movie he's in. I legitimately don't think he has any idea what movie he's
1: in. Oh, it's got uh, Bad Biddy, and uh, uh now, Reggie Cathy. Cathy
2: Reg- the great Reggie Cathy knows exactly what movie he's in. Dirty and D. I, and I do love Reggie Cathy. R- R.I.P. R.I.P. to a, a real legend, Reggie Cathy. Um, but no, I mean, Christopher Lee is he he's that. one of those, even when he's in Drek and for the man to have done as many movies as he has, he has done a lot of Drek. He um, but he is, he, he tends to know exactly what movie he's in. He is also in one of my all time favorite movies that I've invoked on this podcast a number of times. Uh, Gremlins to the new batch.
1: Yeah, he sure is. Yeah.
2: He's the movie though. that in, when he was in that movie, he apologized to Joe Dante for being in Howling 2.
0: <laughs> i recently watched the howling two for the first time
2: <laughs> i've never seen it i don't know if oh, i ever will. directed by trip. the same directed it's by the trip. same director who directed this philippe mora uh, really? i think he, did howling, I think he did howling two and three actually i did mm. not know that that blows my mind right out of the water holy crap. yeah he did he did both howling two and three yeah oh that's hilarious and then a couple years later directs richard the <laughs> third so you know <laughs> you do <laughs> like your <Natural> progression <laughs> absolutely absolutely oh, wow but That's yeah insane. um Philippe mora a french-born director who moved to australia at a very young age uh and so grew up in uh, melbourne australia and um yeah just started making movies in the I want to say, oh, in the 60s, he started his directing career
1: in Still the late alive.
2: 60s, early 70s. He is and uh, kind of caught the wave of the exploitation uh, movement that was kind of picking up in the 70s and 80s. Um, Maybe this is finally my introduction to that genre. Um, I was, uh, I mean, I, I was raised, born and raised
1: a Mad Max boy myself. So yeah. Mad Max has, has always Only been my... Only the first one, though. Only the first one. And even that one is kind of borderline. I,
2: I watched Beyond Thunder, but that Beyond Thunderdome was, I think, my, either my dad's favorite or the one that was on TV most often. Oh, it's, 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 even... the, it's the latter for sure. It was on, like,
0: every
1: other Saturday. Can't we sure.
2: just get Beyond
1: Thunderdome, you guys?
2: I don't think we can ever get beyond Thunderdome, Tucker.
1: Damn it.
2: Um I mean, maybe if you take the Fury Road you can get there, but it's going to there's I feel like there's a road warrior blocking the path. So, I don't know, Mad Max. Um well done it. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Good job. But, um, no, but I mean, so that was my, that was my introduction to Ozploitation for sure was, was the work of George Miller. But then like Peter Weir does like the cars that ate Paris. Like there's a, there's a ton there's
1: there's, there's some I've heard of a lot of them I've heard of, but for some reason I've just never explored that. And you think that, I mean, that's right up my alley.
2: Yeah, really. It feels like it would be absolutely. And there, I mean,
1: blind spot. There,
2: there are some in here that could probably be future episodes of this podcast. I'm going to I'm going to dig into some exploitation stuff and see if we can uh, maybe schedule an exploitation month sometime. I think that would be a lot of fun. Mabes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just kind of a a prolific. Um, there's a pro- prolific film industry that was at work in Australia starting in the early 70s in 1970. And
1: what happened just kind
2: of continues, continues to build there um so yeah this the cars that ate paris is
0: looking really interesting
2: yeah that's peter weir man that's the guy who gave us like gallipoli oh i'm aware of him i just Dead never society this movie yeah man well, it's the, again yeah. fucking wild that he it, you know what peter weir also gave us one of my favorite movies we've ever covered on this podcast
1: master and commander the far side of the world Oh, that's a boat movie. I don't want to see that,
2: dude. It fucking rules. You are you are missing out if you are reducing that to a boat
1: movie. You won't it's watch all it. It's a boat, boat movie. movie. I don't, don't like, like boat, boat movies? movies. They're boring. Master wow. and Commander,
2: not boring, man. Master Commander, fucking rules. And look, Bo- I, didn't, I didn't watch it. I like
1: depressing.
2: I didn't watch it for the longest time for the same reason, but it's it's so much better. He, he so even doesn't funny. like boat
1: movies either.
0: Justin, you remember going to see uh Deep Rising at uh was it the
2: Eastgate Cinema?
1: Yeah, dude. Thirty 30- episode Creed. of this
2: podcast, Deep Rising.
1: <laughs> I remember Deep you and I enjoyed Rising. it very much. Yes, we did. It's still it holds up. I still have a good time with it. Maybe oh, you can that can be this,
2: this is totally off topic. You can
0: cut this out, but I rewatched Way at the Gun here a oh, couple we'll weeks ago do you yeah. recall you me and molly going to see that also the, like yes. 30 years ago the christopher yeah. macquarie movie
1: yes yeah oh it's such a good movie i have not seen it, it in ages really, it's so it really holds good. up. i think it's better now actually uh, you because might be right. the things the things that kind of confuse me and put me off to it as a younger person even though i still loved it i understand those choice those filmmaking choices now because mm. there's some kind of weird filmmaking choices in that movie sure um sure. some weird transitions some weird like performance direction um, uh, the
0: composition is amazing though which I, I did bad, not appreciate as a young man i appreciated the crap out of it this time around it was gorgeous i loved it
1: i just i i really love how like kind of narcissistic the whole thing is mm. i love the the two main characters like nobody gives a shit about anything in that movie everybody's just out to get theirs and it's depressing, but it's also awesome. And Ryan Filippi is great. And Benicio, Benicio del, Toro, del Toro, holy oh, crap. Yeah. When, he, when he's in <laughs> that, so they good. get the, the tape of the ultrasound. He goes to the gas station. He puts it in. He lights two cigarettes, gives one to the lady, and he's like. <laughs> and he's just everything he does in that movie is pure fucking gold. He, he, it's
0: oh. the kind of character you would want to copy. You would want to be that person in real life. Just yeah, his he, mannerisms
1: and everything. It's so good. It's so good. Absolutely, yes. And the gunfight at the end. It's ah, amazing. It's amazing. So good. They tried to. They, somebody watched that and thought they'd do it again in a little movie called Two Guns. And even though I liked that movie a lot more than most people, they did not pull it off as well. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, it's- sorry about that. Check that uh, out. Diverted us from uh, Captain Invincible. No, thank you though, because I always forget about Way of the Gun, and sometimes I think about it. and I'm like, yeah, good movie, <laughs> good movie. It's really, really good. It's so good.
0: <laughs> it's so good.
1: Uh, forgotten classic. What do they call those? Uh, hidden gems. It's a hidden gem. Hidden gem. We might do it on uh, a fifth Thursday. Sometimes, if if we do, I'll you know you're invited. For sure. Oh,
0: okay,
1: great. Yeah, I will commit on air
0: right now, as I always do.
1: Great soundtrack too, and you got James (laughs) Kahn in there. Good old James. And you've got uh, Tate is Tate Scott Wilson's
0: in there. Dude, Diggs is in there, and Nikki Cat is in there as one of the
1: henchmen. Love yes, he's always great. Yes, oh, way of the gun. You know what? I love this movie, but let's talk about way of the gun instead. We'll talk about <laughs> next week. Yeah, you guys into that? Yeah, you should, you I've should never seen that. Way of the gun, <laughs> so I'll, bow, I'll
2: go ahead and bow out and I'll uh, come back. Oh, next oh have you really? You haven't seen it? Oh, I've never friend. seen it.
1: No, yeah. you should check it out. Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Strong Lewis recommendation. Is in that movie as well. Juliet Lewis, Juliette yeah, Lewis, dude, yeah. Sarah Silverman, <laughs> briefly. Uh, t- so the first the first five minutes of this movie steven it's a trailer it's giving you a chance this movie's giving you a chance to be like okay this is my kind of movie or it's not it's giving you an out basically okay it pretty much has a cold open and it, it just sets the entire it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie it just sets the tone and if you like that you're gonna have a good time if you don't like that abort fucking abort fair enough <laughs> and sarah silverman is in that part and Ryan Phillippe says he's going to fuck start her head. <laughs> if you what? don't shut the cunt's mouth, I'm going to come up there and fuck start her head. Is what he says. Oh, that sounds let awful. Him be, let him be surprised. No, it's, it's... She is a mouthy broad in that movie, though. I'll tell you what. <laughs> you gotta see it. It's great. It's wonderful
2: to me you're you're not doing a great job of selling me right now but okay and
1: that the, the, I I always loved the uh, just like in the middle of the movie for no reason there's a Star Wars pan down like from the stars and I remember the exact scene that goes with it too it's
2: I mean that's that's pretty much the the pan down is pretty much JP Lex's favorite type of establishing shot oh, to be honest
0: or 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 the pan up that's, That's true. Pay. Sometimes, That's sometimes you bury it a little bit. Right he had a
1: little too much coffee, and he's like, oh, shit. Do it. Do
0: it. Pan up. Well, Let's do it. You, you don't have a dolly or a jib. you got to find ways to be creative. You just, you just pan there's like, there's like so much. There's like so much a tripod can do. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Captain Invincible. I apologize.
2: I yeah, so the
1: way of the gun rabbit hole. is directed by... <laughs>
2: Joseph, here's the thing. You've listened to this podcast. You know this is what we do. You've been friends with Tucker and I for years. You it's know true, this but, is who we are. But now I'm on this episode,
0: and I don't want to be here for four hours. So we got to get back to Captain Invincible. Oh man, look, man,
2: you you started it. Now you got to sit in it, it, sit <laughs> in it, and you got to live with it.
0: Fair, that's fair. <laughs> ooh. Ooh, that ooh. and the green bean just... casserole.
1: <laughs> one, one more time before we get back to Return of Captain Invincible. Let me just say, ooh, 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 the way of the gun is real, real good, and you should watch it. Mm-hmm. I recommend hmm. it to everyone, because like I said, you get a chance. They give you a trailer at the beginning of the movie. So if you don't like that, just turn it off. No big deal. No time wasted. Fair enough. Good old, good old Chris McQuarrie. That's our boy. Fair enough. Yeah. So there you go. So how about that? How about that plot, you guys? Hey, hey, are you going to do the, the plot? Are you agreeing to that? Oh, no, we talked about it earlier, and I just forgot what you said.
0: Oh you gonna do the yeah plot? I can. I can
1: do it. Okay, good. Um
0: as always I'm gonna forget. cheat because I wrote a bunch of stuff down, but if you guys don't mind me cheating, I'm happy that's, to do That's that
2: has logic. always no. been allowed. Okay, yeah, good. that's
1: always allowed. Uh for those of you just joining us for this episode, uh boy how podcast
2: work? People just tune like, in the middle of it?
1: Like, hold on. No, I mean if this is the what I'm trying to say is if is if this is the first time you've listened to the disenfranchised podcast, what a strange place to start. I agreed hundred percent agreed. Something that we do on this podcast is called The Plot in 60 Seconds. I believe Stephen stole it from a different podcast. I did. Uh, But we have claimed it as our own, and usually at the behest of the uh, Canadian Quarter of Indifference or on the rare occasions (laughs) that Brett joins us, we do the Die of Destiny. Um, D6 of Destiny. D6 of Destiny, yeah. We used to have a coin of justice that... Somebody somebody spent a little bit of money on to get, and Stephen lost it. Steven I lost moved. It. It's not lost. It's just still packed somewhere. Look, dude, you moved like a year ago. I know. I'm getting ready to is move what again. what I'm saying, though. Oh, that's why you kept it all in boxes. Okay, I got you. No big whoop. Smart. Anyway, <laughs> this is the part of the show where we recite the plot of the film we're talking about in 60 seconds or less, or your podcast is Free. Free. So uh, somebody's going to put 60 seconds on the clock. Hopefully it's not me. I guess. I, I mean, that's something the host does, but sure, I'll do it. Sweet. Thank you, co-host. Um, <laughs> and it, whenever you're ready, Stephen, you ready with your 60 seconds? I've, I've got the 60 seconds on the clock. Joseph, I'll start it whenever
2: you do.
0: Okay, I may go over 60 with this one. I have a lot written down for a movie that I didn't love. Um, All right, I will start in 3, 2, 1. Captain Invincible is an alien-sired American superhero who fights evil both domestically and abroad. That is, until he meets a foe greater than even Adolf Hitler, Joe McCarthy after being blacklisted the captain retires to australia and sadly turns to the drink he is discovered ages later by police person patty who convinces him that the world needs the captain once more but the captain must crawl out of the bottle and relearn his powers in order to accomplish his latest mission to retrieve a stolen hypno ray that's now in the possession of a criminal mastermind mr midnight oh did i mention this thing is a musical sometimes anyway dang Anyway, <laughs> anyway, Midnight uses the hypno ray to mesmerize people into moving from the urban decay of NYC to the suburbs, which is apparently all part of some greater scheme to conquer the world. Uh, so Invincible with Patty in tow, heads home where they track down Midnight in his, in his secret lair. After defeating henchmen and surviving traps, Midnight Ten presents seconds. Invincible with his greatest challenge yet, booze. But the captain resists and through the awesome power of sobriety, vanquishes Midnight ensuring democracy and not tyranny will rule the day. God that is time. Lord, America, perfect, oh, perfectly done. Beautiful, oh, I, I stumbled in there, but
2: thank you, 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 you <laughs> managed. Now. No, the plot, the, the, the villainous plot is like it's a combination of. I don't Lex, understand it. It's Lex <laughs> Luthor's plot. It, it it is if Donald Trump decided to enact Lex Luthor's plot <laughs> from the first Superman movie. He's he's moving all of the uh, non-white people. Onto uh, into the which suburbs, back which then are...
1: included Italians and Polish people, and uh yeah. Did like... you? Oh my God, you guys! Did you? Did you see the Polish joke where, like, when the alarms are going off and they're about to bomb them and everything? There's four Polish people all screwing in one light bulb. <laughs> I think I missed that one. I think I did too. It's quick. It's so quick because it's just like a quick shot of them, and it's like them reacting, like "huh," because they hear the bombs or whatever. But it's like there's four of them, and they're screwing a light bulb. I just this is my fourth time seeing it. I just noticed it this time. Okay. And I had to pause the movie because I had to stop and laugh for like ten minutes.
2: But yeah, so he's he's moving all of the uh, all of the let's say ethnic people uh, onto out, out to the suburbs, which in this case are right along the border and then he's going to create a earthquake that will break those pieces off and float them out into the ocean, which is similar to what Lex Luthor was going to do with the state of California in the Superman movie. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, you know, it, it's it's like if Donald Trump was Lex Luthor is really what it is.
1: Played by Christopher Lee.
2: Played by Christopher Lee, who is 10 times more charismatic than both of those guys i don't know gene hackman and superman's pretty damn charismatic yeah that is, true. that is true yeah but yeah that is that is the the weird plot like because it's it, it, it gets really racial weirdly racial there at the end and you're like wait what what are, what? what am i watching like it just kind of pivoted there and i'm just i was just flummoxed for that moment
0: as was i but maybe it's like because it's and it's an australian production maybe it's them trying to do american culture and that's why it seems so weirdly done Mm -hmm. i don't know it's i that might be it that might be why it's so like unhinged and doesn't seem to fit very well because it was mostly like it was all like an australian movie right Mm -hmm. yeah okay maybe
2: maybe that was it that's my theory yeah you've got the just those few actors that are not australian everyone else is australian they submitted it for the tax breaks uh to the australian government and they're like no not australian and they're like, "What the hell?" So they had to resubmit it in order and and one on appeal. But yeah, oh, the wow. Australian government wasn't going to give them the tax break for filming in Australia. Oh, I'm right? like, "What the hell?" Just because we've got an American and a Brit as our as our two leads, you're not going to give us this? Oh, everybody, yeah, everybody, everyone else, everyone else is Australian. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, that's funny. And now there's like you've got to have. I think when they do those films in Australia and in um, New Zealand, you have to have. A percentage of both on-screen and off-screen talent that is it's a predetermined
1: percentage but that that is from that country of origin so boy baz lerman beat the system there then with that australia movie eh because like they they i mean are they american stars yeah but where are both of those motherfuckers from correct throw hugh jackman in there and like pfft.
2: He, jackman made that joke at the oscars like the academy loves diversity and he like points out a few of the you know diver- and he's like whereas i an australian playing an australian in a movie called australia i'm hosting so yeah
1: wowzers you know what i i love um i don't know why i just thought of this but did you guys ever notice that in some interviews Again, don't know why I just thought of this. That's nothing to do with anything that Christian Bale speaks in an American accent and in interviews sometimes.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm. Because he doesn't want his accent to be the thing that distracts people. I know he did it all through mm. Batman. I think it's if he's in a movie where he adopts that accent, he will basically do the American accent in the interview just to like keep people from being like, whoa, I didn't know he talked like that. That's weird.
1: So what you're saying is there is an idea of a Christian Bale. <laughs> Correct. Oh, OK. Just making sure. <laughs> yeah, because I remember
2: someone asked him about that. Because I think it was during one of the Batman press tours. Someone was like, "Wait, aren't you British?" And he was like, "Well, yeah, but my... like, oh, bro,
1: I am, mate. Might... But this is how I'm going to talk. Is he Welsh? Is Deal with it, it. I think he's Welsh. He is yeah. Welsh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a buddy. Well, am, mate. I mean, he's been he's been playing American character since he was a kid. Yo, you know what I realized the other day?
2: That he's the Is... kid in Uzis?
1: In Uzis? Is he the Uzis. kid in Uzis? Yeah, in Uzis. Yeah. That's, that's the first thing I ever saw him. and That's I like know. what I knew him from when I saw American Psycho. I was like, hey, I it's the kid from Newsies." Long before I knew who Christian Bale was. And then
2: the next year, he's in a movie called Swing Kids about, you mm-hmm. know, uh, a couple of kids who beat Nazism with the power of swing dancing.
1: Yo, have oh. you guys seen that? I have. Nope. It's kind of fucked up and I love it. It's kind yeah. of a fucked up. My sister was obsessed with that movie when I was a kid. I, I,
2: a and buddy of mine was a, of a big, big movie. fan of Swing Kids. Yeah, it is. It, no no doubt. It
1: absolutely it really, is. And then, really? guys, I recommend it for anybody who hasn't seen it, for sure.
2: And then the year after that, he played Laurie in Little Women. And then the year after that, he was the voice of a character in Disney's Pocahontas. Didn't
1: Lori. know that either. Yeah. And then he was um, the Moving Castle guy. What's that guy's name? Howell? Yeah, he was Howl in Howl's Moving Castle. In the. He's English also the stuff. villain in
2: the English John stuff. Singleton Shaft movie, a future episode of this podcast. Yeah,
1: he sure is. I can't wait to watch all those Shaft movies.
2: I have the Criterion 4K of Shaft.
1: Do you remember the, my, my poster joke when I was younger, uh, Joseph? I had mm. the poster to the Samuel L. Jackson Shaft, and then I had the poster to Dick, the yes. Kirsten Dunst and Michelle Williams film Dick. I was placed I next yeah. to each other. Yeah, that was a for the you a, know the implication. That was a that was a great joke. It was Both good then joke.
0: And Now it's yeah, it's, it's, it's still funny. Test
1: of time It's you
0: know? uh, it was great then. It continues to be great now. <laughs> I uh, think as about you can it. Tell by the
2: mirth, merriment, and joy just oozing from every ounce and corner of his voice. <laughs> <laughs> we are friends. Uh, we are friends. <laughs> we are laughing.
0: Alright, I'm putting swing kids on my list. Yeah, is it fucking be, weird, dude. Well well why is it why is it messed up? You said it was like a
1: Because it's about Nazis too. It's yeah. about so, Nazi times. Okay, so it's got a really uh,
0: I was wasn't sure how seriously
1: they were taking it with the swing dancing. They they take it's like it like a
0: serious
2: pretty... like period drama. Oh no, yes, very much so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But it's good and, and it's fun and it's full of pretty young people. If you, if you have a library card, which I assume you do as an author, uh, it is on it is on the Hoopla app. Yes,
0: I love Hoopla. Ooh, there Hoopla you go. is where Ooh. I found one of my most favorite movies. A movie that what I'm going that? to discuss on this podcast someday. What is it? But I shan't say it. I'm not going to say it. You guys keep it. Oh, so I I mean,
2: if you yeah. type it in the chat, we will, type we will in the chat right keep now. it
1: under apps. Type in the chat. Type, type in the chat right now. The- type, type, the- type, type it in the chat right now. Go ahead. Yeah, he's good typing. Look at him type. Oh, I can't wait. What is it? I I've never even heard of that. That is, dude. Oh, nobody I'm way has, into that. High like fives
0: 30, all around. It's like a $30,000 movie and it's oh, it's probably the most mm. inspirational movie. I love it so much.
2: That's Can't that 30,000. That's like five times the budget of Circle City Supernatural. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. More more than five times. <laughs> for sure. Oh, okay, okay.
1: Well, according wait. to IMDb, right. Okay,
2: that's what I was going off of, but yeah.
0: <laughs> he saved up his lunch money for a year. And made a movie. <laughs>
2: Sold plasma. <laughs> which continues so, uh,
1: to do. <laughs> you know how we were uh, talking about Christian Bale? Just because for some reason I thought about it. Um, so he was in that movie, The Machinist. Do you remember that?
2: Mm-hmm. Where he lost when all that weight, really
1: skinny. Yeah. And there was another movie that came out around the same time with Adrian Brody called The Jacket, which mm-hmm. even though they are in no way plot-wise similar just visually and tonally they are very similar and they both came out around the same time so i always think of one if i think of one i think of the other mm-hmm. and i realized the other day that jennifer jason lee is in both of them
0: hmm. fascinating yeah because she actress. was i remember liking the jacket quite a bit am i remembering it being a very good movie
1: it is really good it's, it's really, the time really, travel really, really, movie, really good right? yeah when he gets in the and they put him like it's not they a morgue but they like, like the put him in a cabinet drawer. or something yeah, yeah
0: something something yeah I to circle back to that one i haven't seen that one and i haven't seen that one since you lent it to me on dvd along with the machinist probably yeah <laughs> at i same time. promised you
1: <laughs> it was because i had both of those on dvd when they came out sure do. Word, word. So they I'm sorry for that. Invincible. And let's let's talk about return of Captain Invincible because the Christian Bale sidebar, I I feel bad about it because it, it there was no natural transition. I was just like, Hey guys, I just randomly thought of this. Let's talk about it for like ten minutes. Is that cool? And then we did it. And here we are. Are you apologizing for a tangent? <laughs> no, I'm That's just. Not, this I, is this a disenfranchised
0: first. <laughs> You're apologizing for i I'm tangent? just
1: saying, mate. Like <laughs> I love my tangents, but I also take a lot of pride in making them natural transitions. Like something from the film will make me think of this, and I mean, there's always a a, crumb, a so trail of breadcrumbs from do we the need original. A, like, seven
0: degrees of Kevin Bacon. Christian. No, Dale, we don't. Back I'm too. just admitting. I'm just <laughs> we could admitting. Probably
1: do it. I could probably do it. I'm just admitting absolutely do it. That, uh, that that's what happened. And uh, First
0: one to figure out the trail wins.
1: Not my <laughs> proudest moment. I mean, Christopher Lee and Alan Arkin, you could get there. You get there real quick, probably. Right. That's, that's to my Christian thought. Bale, don't make me do this. Um, I'm already doing it. I'm failing spectacularly. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do it just by memory, and I'm not about to go through IMDb. But anyway, uh, we'll yeah, Christian Bale, uh, listener of this podcast. We know you listen, so you're welcome for mentioning you for literally no reason. So repress. You're welcome for, for the
2: dozens of people that listen to this podcast every week.
1: Yeah, dude, <laughs> not including hey.
2: the dozens that won't listen. And it's a movie they haven't seen and therefore will probably not listen to this episode. Mm. But that's how you find out about good movies. I, I, I yeah, won't abstain
0: from a podcast if I haven't heard of the movie. That's how you find good movies. That's how movies do
1: this podcast. Yeah, that's, that's 50%, people who do that. Fifty percent. Fifty percent of why I listened to this podcast initially was one to find movies I haven't seen that you know maybe I'd want to look at, and two to listen to the episodes about movies that I really like. Like mm-hmm. movies, I'm I am very familiar with because I want to hear what other people have to say about them, so it's Absolutely. kind of the best of both worlds. We, I got we it, and to kind of jump around like that too. Oh, he did. Stephen Go. It. I, even go. Crack it. I got Let's it. Chris
2: it. Christopher Lee is in uh, the Two Towers, uh, Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers, with one Andy Serkis, who is in the Prestige with one Christian Bale.
1: Yeah, dude. Nicely done. Nicely done. Yeah, dude another high five there we go bam, i bam. love the
0: prestige but i'm struggling to remember who andy started Sir- oh the- he was um Gollum. he was uh tesla's yeah assistant assistant in the prestige okay took me Allie, I I love- mr Allie, i think his name is i yeah.
2: love that movie it's my favorite nolan he- it, i think it, it it's a tie between that and memento as my favorite nolan but i think memento's prestige, good up with the prestige the mm-hmm. it out yeah so,
1: i do love the prestige
2: mm-hmm. don't get don't so get memento's it Memento's my favorite
1: I'd say following is probably my second favorite and then prestige mm. it's up there, but I've got a special little hipster place in my heart for following because I was the guy. I was the guy who had that on VHS before you were followed. You were the guy they followed. No, I'm saying I was, the no, guy. Was I was the guy, the guy, doing guy. The following creepily enough. Oh, oh, I was watching following when it came out and nobody knew who like brick and Ryan Johnson, man. I'm always on top of that shit. Always on, on top. That is true. It's not a brag. It's just facts. It's kind of a brag. No, it's, it's a burden, truth. dude. It can he's be a burden. He's giving to
2: us in a bragging way. So. And just happens, he's, he's telling the truth, but his chest just happens to be really puffed out <laughs> when he's doing it.
0: <laughs> yes. <sighs> uh.
2: So, Tucker, what is it about this movie in particular that so enamored you that before you'd even seen the conclusion of it? you decided this was something you needed to own and would add be added to the canon of your favorite films.
1: Because it's really, really weird and sometimes seemingly nonsensical, but it manages to like make that work for me. It's hard. It's really hard to take what they have in this film and make that something that's not only watchable, but, Enjoyable and entertaining. And I think about 50% of it in this movie is is skill and 50% of it is dumb luck. Because all of the songs in this movie are they're okay. And none of the people that are singing them are like singers at all, except for Christopher Lee. Right. And most of the time they're not singing on time, they're barely singing in key. But <laughs> It fucking, it works because of that. I will say, when Michael
2: Pate starts singing that second song, not bullshit, but the second one, I was like, is this the guy who played Dr. Scott in the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Because as soon as he started singing, the only thing I could think of was, from the day he was born, all (laughs) he wanted, like, that's all I could think of when he started singing. I was like, is this the same guy? And I looked it up, he is clearly not. Um... Mm -hmm but I was just like that the voices sound. And then I was like, did that guy like overdub? Nope. Sure. Didn't like just, I mean, they happen to sound damn near identical, but at least to my ear, the guy I'm seeing
0: here that the guy who did Rocky horror picture show wrote songs for this movie.
2: Yes. So three of the songs in this movie, uh, the captain invincible theme, um, uh, um, Evil Midnight and Choose Your po- uh, Name, Your Poison. Those three songs were written by Richard O'Brien and uh, I think it's Richard Hartley, um, okay. were, who are the guys who did all the music for the Rocky Horror Picture Show and uh, Shock Treatment, which came out several years later. But yeah, gotcha. the, so those three songs in particular were written by those, and so that, that song wasn't even one of the ones written by O'Brien, but like the voice sounded close enough. And then I went down that rabbit hole and yeah, discovered that Richard O'Brien did do a few songs for this movie. And I think the best of those might be name your poison. At least I thought so because it's got like the mountains of wordplay. It's really catchy. And fucking Christopher Lee is singing the whole damn thing. Um, So between that, you know, trifecta right there, it, it, it's maybe the best song in the whole movie.
1: Yeah. I like the, I like the fun that that song has with names of drinks, Mm -hmm. just plays with those like Mm -hmm. really, really well. I like, I, like I say, most of the songs in this movie are mediocre at, at best. And, but for some reason, the performances of them, though, they're not good. They're so weird that it elevates them for me, at least.
2: I know we were talking about how like uncomfortable Alan Arkin seems in some scenes. I think the most uncomfortable was when he's on the train singing Evil Midnight. <laughs> yes. So there's yes. all these other actors that you can tell are like stage trained and like they've got <laughs> they've had like movement lessons and stuff because they are like very free with their movements and he's like keeping everything very stilted and like right in here (laughs) and most most of the movements he makes in this movie are very stilted very measured very like he's not you can tell he's not comfortable with what he's being asked to do he's doing it because he's a professional but you can tell he doesn't really want to be doing it like there's there's some discomfort there on his part and it it feels very evident it it felt very evident in that song and then i started watching out for it i'm curious if i were to give this a rewatch which i've not decided i want to do yet um but i'm curious that if i do give this a rewatch i will notice that from the very beginning
0: uh i think where was he
1: in
2: his
0: career when he did this i'm very curious i'll to try to find out. it here please do because i'm, I'm... well
1: you guys are looking that up i want to so... mention how um the best part of alan arkin's performance is his drunk acting at the beginning of the film agreed yes Absolutely. it's hard it's really mm-hmm. hard to pull off drunk when you're not actually drunk so hard very few people mm-hmm. can do it convincingly some people can do it well very few can do it convincingly and alan arkin nails it in this movie uh,
2: so Arkin's first credited screen credit is from a, a 1963 short called "That's Me." Um, he is the original actor to portray Inspector Clouseau in the 1968 film Inspector Clouseau, which honestly, hmm. probably a future episode of this podcast, if I'm being real, real honest, um, he's and he's he's does some films. He's the lead in the 1970 Mike Nichols film Catch Twenty Two. Like so he's had mm-hmm. that's a really some, good movie, by the way. Good book too, but also um, a really good film. Orson Welles is in uh is Anthony Perkins film. is in that as well. Yeah. So great cast. Um he's in the seven percent future episode is podcast the seven percent solution. Um like so he's he's done stuff. Like he's 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 a big enough name that you believe him as the lead in this movie, but not so big that his being the lead is going to be a draw. Uh, he has a role. He is. He's the other lead in the Peter Falk film, The In-Laws, which was remade with uh, Albert Brooks and uh, Michael Douglas uh, some years ago. Um, so, I mean, he's he's got a lot of that leading up. But, yeah, he's in a place where he's he's big, but not huge. And I don't think this movie really does him a lot of favors uh, because his next credit is a three episode arc on
1: St. Elsewhere. Um, Wait, wasn't it, wasn't it he in Wait Until Dark though? With uh, uh, Audrey Hepburn, she's blind. You know, you see, you guys see that movie, Wait Until Dark. I, think I have sure really? haven't. Well, you know what? When I come to Indy for he, Christmas, I'm gonna leave that DVD at your house. Joseph. He is in Wait Until
2: Dark. He's that is the movie he does right before, in, he He's, does Inspector Clouseau.
1: So, Wait Until Dark is an amazing. Thriller. Audrey Hepburn plays a blind gal and Alan Arkin is the dude what is fucking with her the whole movie. And it is scary as hell.
2: A friend of mine directed this play, but I was not able to see it.
1: Wait Until Dark, one of the uh, DVDs that I still own that has the cardboard Warner Brothers, like, click cases. Yeah, Mm. I'm talking about I hate those cases. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, so after this, he's he kind of a, a bit of a decline. It's mostly television, uh, TV movies. Um, he does have some films, but I think his next big role, like he he's just kind of shows up. I think his next big thing is seven years later in Edward Scissorhands. Then the year after that, he's in The Rocketeer. He See, is I feel like
1: in, the 90s were very kind to him.
2: Yeah, the 90s, he's back on the upswing because 92, he's one of the like absolutely stacked and stellar cast of the 92 film, Glengarry Glenn Ross. Glen Gary, which is Glen Ross, Yes, I fucking love. He's, Me too. he's so he's in So I Married an Axe Murderer, which might be one of my favorite Mike Myers films.
1: Um, he's in North, he's in the jer- future episode of his podcast, The Jerky Boys movie. He, and the second thing I ever saw him in Gross Point Blank, where he plays John Cusack's therapist, and John Cusack is a hitman in that movie, and is basically holding him hostage as a therapist. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's making
1: yep. him be his therapist, he's,
2: and, he, and he's I, in I Gattaca, love his Slums Caledars, of Beverly Arbus. Hills. Ah, he's great, Fucking Jacob the Liar. Like he's the '90s are kind of his way back, and then of course he. Skyrockets back to major prominence in the mid two thousands with Little Miss Sunshine, mm-hmm. and after that, he's he, he wins the Oscar and is pretty much everywhere. Like people are mm. like beating down his door to try to cast him and stuff. He's in Santa Claus Three, future episode of the Unenfranchised podcast. Um, he's, he's in, in, in Argo. Future, fuck yourself. Future episode of this podcast. Get smart. He's in Argo. Fuck yourself. Um, mm. He has a cameo in the Muppets, the the Muppet reboot. Um, Like he, he just, he will, he
1: he'll just show up and stuff after that. But I think um, he, he did it. He was very versatile early in his career. And I think recently, probably in the past 20 years or so, you kind of, kind of call Alan Arkin for a particular kind of role. Exactly. And that's basically, you just watch Argo. That's, or even gross point blank, like that's that's what you hire Alan Arkin for. Yeah,
2: his final he can film do performance anything, though. was last year in Minions: The Rise of Gru, uh, because he passed away back in
1: June of this. Year. What? Oh yeah, he did. That's right. I'm not surprised because I knew that. Okay, calm right. down. <sighs> okay, deep breath, yes. man.
2: Deep... He is also in Oof. future episode of this podcast, Spencer Confidential. We, I'm I'm learning today that we okay. could do an Alan Arkin month on this podcast.
1: I just haven't come to the terms. I just haven't come to terms with the fact that there's not gonna be any more movies with Alan Arkin in them. And it makes me sad that that's a yeah. true thing.
2: Yeah. I mean, we still have Adam. Adam Arkin's still around. He's still kicking. Hey, he was
1: an H two O. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was. I saw that movie at the movie theater too. Did you see that with me, Joe?
2: Or did I see uh, that by myself? I'm
1: pretty sure we did. I think we saw it. Wow, oh yeah. wow, that's his son. I know this guy. Yeah, yeah dude. You can tell they look almost identical to each other. Uh, they, handsome, but yeah. they look identical, but their heads are different shapes, which is why the son is a little more handsome because his head like fits the facial structure, whereas Alan Arkin, he just he's a circle. And then he has. features. Yeah. <laughs> Love that man. Both those Arkin boys, solid dudes.
2: So, Tucker, you were talking earlier about how the script for this movie is just there, there's a lot happening and so many gags and jokes the third, the, the original script was written by um, Stephen D'Souza, who is one of the writers of Die Hard. He also wrote and directed previous episode of this podcast, Street Fighter. Um, yep. And he he turned in the script for this, which was apparently just a very straight script. And it the gags were added into it later. And in fact, what Philippe Mora told Peter Smalley, the last of those film film writers, is... Try to put a gag on every page, and when asked about this film, I think just last year in an interview with Bloody Disgusting, they asked him to describe it, and he's like, "It's a cinematic minestrone." He goes, "There's like just a little bit of everything in there."
1: Uh, I, you know, I, I hate to kind of bring it back to a previous part, but if you're going to mention his writing credits, you didn't mention Hudson Hawk, you didn't mention Forty Eight Hours.
2: Well, you know, I'm trying to stick with you know the 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 big relevant ones. But I yes, feel he, he like those are those.
1: important. But hey, we are both. Are we not Hudson Hawk apologists?
2: We are. Even you and, and I. F- future episode of this podcast, Hudson Hawk, man.
1: Can't wait. I really like that movie. But what a huge swing
2: that is! Everybody
1: involved in that movie, and I just admire the shit out of them for taking that swing. That is and that is sucks.
2: Bruce Willis's blank check right there. It sucks him that it cashing didn't the blank check
1: because. I had a lot of fun with that movie same with last man standing i feel like he got kind of a second chance with last man standing right and that kind of too but it's it's kind of a wonderful film i don't know if you guys have seen last man standing
0: yes it's it's great it's a remake of uh the leone
1: film right yep isn't it i can't think of what it's called either i'm Um, blanking on it as well uh... (laughs)
2: shamefully i do not know last man standing, unfortunately. It's really good.
0: It's like a Prohibition era um, gangster movie, but they do it. It's like oh, is
2: that Walter Hill?
0: This? Yes, it is Walter Hill. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's That's based on it.
2: uh, looks like it's based on a Kurosawa film.
0: Which Leone movies were based on, but it's yeah, a lot like those. <laughs> you know? It's like a Where's spaghetti it? western set in like Prohibition America. It's really good. I wonder
2: which I want maybe Yojimbo. No, it's going to bother me uh, This movie, Like a Fistful of Dollars is a retelling of Yojimbo Fistful go. of Dollars
1: And, and Yojimbo is
2: based on the Dashiell Hammett novel, Red Harvest so, Oh, that's funny That part yeah. I didn't know Full circle,
1: baby, that's great Wowzers. We did it, you guys Podcast we over Well, and they did it, we're JK. talking about it JK.
2: And cut <laughs> <laughs> Cut, JK. print, put it out <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I mean You're saying the gags weren't in it? Not not initially, no. This was turned in from 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 according to Philippe Mora a a fairly straight script. And then I can see
1: somebody doing this straightforward. It wouldn't be anything like what we got, but I mean the broad strokes are still there. Right.
2: And I think it's worth mentioning that this is the first Australian superhero movie, and to the best of my knowledge, the first superhero musical. Which is something Marvel hasn't even attempted yet.
1: Mm-mm. Well, and I they doubt the... they ever will,
2: unless they do a Dazzler movie.
1: In Hawkeye, they had the the musical, the Avengers musical. That's the closest they've come.
2: Right. The uh the the Steve Rogers, uh, Hamilton esque musical that culminates with uh, the Battle of New York, where Ant Man is there apparently.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good stuff.
2: It's fun, and then like, of course, like the post credit scene for the series was just uh that full number, which apparently pissed off a bunch of people, to which I said, Good,
1: I was into it I mean I it was wasn't too. great, but like I had a good time watching what was that. their
2: what was their complaint with it? I enjoyed that as well, That it didn't tease whatever was coming next, they wanted you know they wanted something more oh, sub- yeah. well, it was just a fucking musical number that's so lame, dude, you know style bullshit,, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, fanboys are dumb.
1: That's true. We, if we've said it once, we've said it a thousand times. Don't be a fan. Don't do it. Don't and be don't fan. collect
2: anything. Apparently, and yeah. Don't be a
0: collector either. <laughs> mm. if you're neither one of those camps. This podcast is your enemy. Don't do it for the loot. Do it for the love.
1: Put that on a bumper sticker.
2: Don't be a fan. Just like stuff, man. That's kind of been our unofficial motto from day one. Like.
1: Our official unofficial motto, actually. Right.
2: Yeah. 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 Yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, I I will say that Michael Pate, the guy who plays the president in this movie, just an insanely charismatic face actor. I don't know if he's, he's a particularly a great actor, but he is doing like between his 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 wig and his teeth he is just doing so much work in this movie
1: well he's got
2: like an interesting face he's got like this kind of weathered old man kind of face and i'm just like this guy is really fun to look at
1: he gives me like uh uh, i don't know he's he gives such a unique and just kind of wild performance that Mm -hmm. every time i watch this movie I'm like, where do I know him from? And the answer is nothing. But yeah. he he comes across in such a way to where you're like I know this guy's in stuff, right? Right. But he he's is I, I'll tell you what
2: he does do, a lot of Philippe Mora films. Um he's oh, he's in it, no no fewer than uh, at least I think two or three Philippe Mora films across his I mean, he's in, he's the he also reprises his role as the president in Howling 3.
1: <laughs> he's just a tv actor from the 60s basically yeah
2: he's in mad dog morgan another philippe mora film like yeah he he does a lot of australian tv is that the dennis hopper movie yes I don't think which I've seen that. W- was directed by philippe mora and he provides the voice
1: in a, an animated feature
2: called uh the camel boy
1: but just something something about his face and his performance it just it feels so I don't want to say familiar, but like it should be familiar. Mm-hmm. Like, did you guys he, get like that
0: vibe too? Reminds you of somebody, maybe. Like he's got a or he, should. To
2: somebody? he should of
1: should should you of somebody right if of somebody. that one. way of yeah that hmm. you know yeah. kind you of older so you of older, so you of like, I'm sure I probably saw sure when probably was young when he was young and didn't recognize him did now recognize in stuff now he's a stuff. He's of a lot of stuff, but just of a that's of nothing that's. Yeah, nothing that if you mention that it, nobody's seen. gonna know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah.
2: Right. Uh I mean he's also in another he, so he is his total of Philip Mora Philippe Mora films is four. Uh the fourth one is Death of a Soldier. So this is his second of four Philippe Mora films that he that he does. So Is he still alive? Do we know? He died in two thousand eight. Oh boo. Well, I All mean, right. but I just just go to IMDb and just look at this man's face like he he has got a face like this is just one of those actors. He just he's giving face and, and he looks like he should have been.
0: Oh, he him looks even more familiar. Yeah, he looks like he right? should be
1: in gangster movies or like in mm-hmm. Casablanca somewhere. I don't know. i have seen a bunch of Westerns. Yeah, yeah he, does, he
2: does look like. He's in. Ma- he's apparently versions. in the movie McClintock, which is one of my dad's favorite movies. Um my dad big john wayne fan loved mcclintock so
0: lord i don't think i've seen that
2: oh you haven't seen mcclintock dude mcclintock kind of rules
0: think so is it good let's check it out Yeah, dude. no i like my westerns as spaghetti as possible
2: yeah you and your brother have that in common for sure oh
0: yeah we it's, we kind of came up together in that way
2: that makes sense
0: yeah great face great face on this guy
1: yeah, I'm a big Agreed. fan of face too. I kind of yeah. want just like an 8x10 of him in a frame, the picture that's on his IMDb profile. It's such a great picture, man. It really is. It's so good. He's so good. Composition's on point, you know, like mm-hmm. focus is perfect, like Yeah,
2: man, he just that that's the face. Like you want you, that like the ideal imdb photo is is michael pate's imdb photo so yeah
1: if you, if you need to go to school just attend his imdb page and you will learn you all go. You know
2: his uh, another actor in this movie that uh, is fairly prolific is bill hunter um who is he 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 played tupper and coach um but he's he's in gallipoli uh strictly ballroom priscilla queen of the desert muriel's wedding like
1: Priscilla just... seen of the desert, another Australian film. Correct.
2: It's kind of uh, the Australian Wong Fu. Uh, I think Wong Fu is a remake of Priscilla. If, if I'm not, no, nah, they're not related. They're not. Related. Are you sure? Promise. Okay.
1: You can look it up if you want, but I'm just saying it's not worth
2: it. That was, I guess, that was just my understanding, but I, I, I'm willing to be wrong. I've seen neither film but... to be clear, but
1: uh, they're, they're both, both really on good. my list.
2: That's what I've heard. They're both on my list. I do want to see them both, but. I have not yet done so.
1: Joe, did but you no. ever watch uh, Tu Wang Fu? I don't know that I did. That's too bad. Uh, you should watch it. I feel like I've mentioned it to you a few times, but it's it's the kind of movie that I really, really love, but like, I don't think about it very often. Every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, yeah, and then I'll watch it. Uh, so yeah, Tuang Wong Fu, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. What was the That's Audrey a double feature. Uh, wait Until Dark. Wait until dark. That one looks good. Lindsay and I like watching the old movies. Yeah, dude. It's so good. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but like I say, I can bring the DVD to you.
0: Yes, that and a nice big um, green bean casserole, please.
1: Yeah, dude. You know, I'm going to get you that green bean casserole. <laughs> I'm going to do it.
0: Was that the, uh, did we mention that in the Patreon? Okay, there's a nice tease, everybody yeah. who's not on their Patreon. Go check out their Patreon. Then we'll know, you'll know what we're talking about with this green bean casserole.
2: Patreon.com slash Pod for $5 a month. You can get our weekly What Are We Watching show, which this Sunday will feature our guest, JP Leck. Forward slash green bean casserole. Yeah, that will get you nowhere. Is, is, it how, is that how links work? No, not at all. <laughs> And as 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 a fellow elder millennial, you really should know better. Um, oh, there's there's
0: so much I should know that I don't know, <laughs> and that that is why I'm happy. <laughs> Touche. I am a happy person.
2: Um, but yeah, so, I mean. Did- this the so the, there this actually does this movie actually does have a fairly great cast, but uh, it's just these are mostly Australian actors that most of us have never heard of. So, yeah. Well, have we said everything we needed to
1: say about the return? Uh, uh,
2: I feel like Tucker's got more to say; he's just not saying it. Right.
1: Uh, no, I don't. I don't think I have much else to say about it. I just really, 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 really like it. And since I first saw it, and what I want to say was maybe August or September when I watched it, because it wasn't too deep into fall, if I remember correctly. But since I've watched it the first time. I was going to say, it would have
2: been when Joseph was on last, which I think would have been.
1: Well, I mentioned it then, but I think I brought it up because we were talking about the the Fifth Thursdays.
2: But I had seen the
1: movie a couple months before and I had mentioned it
2: okay because i mean that player. would have
1: been late august when you when the last time he was on oh well maybe it was then i thought it was more recent that's my bad
2: because he came on for that? detention detention
1: yeah well because it was oh, another yeah. fifth thursday yeah
2: yeah that's uh, yeah.
1: Hell yeah and i think that Happy was the day. first time that you had watched it so well we watched the crap out of that movie didn't we
2: That is another movie that we watched, yeah. Yeah,
1: we did. You watched it how many times
0: before we started recording?
1: I can't even count. Oh, I think seven (laughs) in the week before I watched it.
2: And another movie that Joseph was similarly conflicted on. I enjoyed Detention much more than I enjoyed this. Yeah, I was going to say,
1: you came out pretty positive on Detention, actually. Detention
0: was fine. There was bits that I felt were ridiculous
1: and didn't belong. I felt like you were on the positive side of Indifferent, like, here's mm. Indifferent, and you were just, like, just a little bit on top of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no, crack. there's,
0: like, here's the fence, and I was leaning towards the positive, you know? <laughs> You're like, this is all right. It wasn't bad. This will do. I, I enjoyed my sit mostly, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Less, uh, less so with this movie, sadly. Yeah,
1: that's unfortunate. I, wa- I
0: wanted to like this movie, too. I started it, I was like, okay, this is going to be funky and weird and my level of crazy, and I really tried to get into it. I just couldn't. It just, I couldn't make it work for myself. I don't know. Which I kind of understand,
1: (laughs) because I've watched it four times total. Um, The first time I saw it, when I watched it, after hearing about it, it blew me away. I just thought it was fantastic, the bee's knees. Um, And I bought the Blu-ray, and I watched it for the first time once I got the Blu-ray, and I kind of got bored the second time I watched it. It was Hmm. maybe a week after I watched it for the first time and i was okay. like maybe like what's what's different why don't why am i not into this as much as i was the first time and then the third time i watched it i was no it didn't have anything to do with any sorts of inebriates i was <laughs> uh pretty balanced when i watched it each time in the same kind of headspace i don't believe um, you but continue <laughs> but the third time i wouldn't believe me there it's fine the third time I was kind of indifferent to it and then this last time that I watched it uh, last night I really really dug it so I think it kind of might be a time and a place movie like I feel like based on my experience so far there are going to be times when I watch it where I might shut it off in the middle Mm. you know. And then another time I where I, I will of, be engaged the whole time. It's kind of a movie you have to be in the mood for. I feel like
2: for sure, like that, a lot of
1: like yeah.
0: a lot of things you you end up loving. It's you discovered it like at just the right time. I get that. That makes mm-hmm. sense. And sometimes you want to go back to it, but you're not you know in the same headspace you were previously, so it's not as good.
2: Well, well the, and, and Joseph, it's like so. you and I were talking about like when we watched Howard the Duck for this podcast, a movie that I could have sworn tucker would probably love uh but he hated uh, it. and and you and i were both very surprised worked. by the fact that he didn't like it because yes it feels like the kind of movie he would love but he didn't is. because yeah. he caught it at the wrong time and place and i think if if, you know, if he were in the right mood for it he could potentially love it or if he'd seen it yeah. when he was growing up he probably would have. Yeah. had he not watched it in prison he probably would have loved it
1: yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> well no i think with this one honestly i would probably like this movie a lot, lot more. If I had seen this growing up, mm-hmm. like I could see this being my jam, and then getting older, not only it holds up because obviously I like it now, but then right. I would also have like with Pootie Tang and Buckaroo bonsai I'd also have kind of that that nostalgia to sort of head trip on at the same time. So even right. like if I'd grown up with Captain Invincible, I don't think I'd ever shut it off in the middle. But as it is now, I could see myself, if I'm not in the mood for it, just being like, Yeah, maybe maybe tonight wasn't the night to watch this, you know. It's kind of weird in that way. Like all four times that I've watched it have been completely different experiences, just based on like kind of the mood I was in, or the time of day, you know, or what's going on around me. Hmm. It's a weird kind of movie. You kind of it's a very particular mood. You have to be like ready for it well, which is I'm, you said you were all gung-ho I, about it and
0: yeah now i kind of want to like maybe i'll have the reverse effect that you had and maybe the second time i watch it i'll really i'm not going to watch this movie again i was going to say i don't i don't want i don't <laughs> I want to, to say, maybe i'll do an experiment and rewatch i'm not gonna i'm probably not gonna watch this movie again fair i'm gonna be
1: i'm gonna be honest well mm-hmm. yeah i don't Thank want i don't honesty. want to uh imply <laughs> that i was suggesting that you do no no um, that was
0: entirely me entirely me and then halfway through my thing i, I bailed on it so
1: I do I do think that at some point in your life, you there's about a 75 percent chance that you'll watch this movie at least one more time.
0: I mean, I have learned not to, you know, I never say never, so I won't disagree with you.
1: But as the self-appointed Criswell of this podcast. (laughs)
2: Future (laughs) events like these will
1: affect you in the future. And that is my prediction. Yeah. okay, we'll see how it goes. We'll see what happens. Great. Check back with us. Let us know if you I, watch I, it again. I'll let you know. Call you call me in the middle of it. I did it. I can't believe I did it, but I did it. <laughs> it's <laughs> the, the best movie me.
0: I've ever seen. I love it so much. Ah,
1: what was I thinking? <laughs> We're redoing the episode. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, dudes. Good job, everybody. Yeah, I really like this movie.
2: So uh the return of Captain Invincible, according to IMDB, was released on February 17th, 1984. But that's the West German release. Uh the, the US release was in January 28th, 1983, where it opened apparently in a theater in Austin, Texas. Um so yeah, that's that's a thing. Uh but I pulled up the box office for January twenty-eighth, nineteen eighty-three. I will say uh, that this movie did not have any kind of box office impact in the United States whatsoever, and uh, it looks like it didn't have much of an impact in Australia as well. The budget was seven million, and it grossed a total of fifty five thousand one hundred and ten dollars in the Australian box office. Nice. Um, so not a not not one that we're gonna get a sequel to in these days when you know. Superhero movies gross millions of dollars uh, on the regular, billions in in a lot of cases. Uh, this one, uh, it it was the '80s, it, you know, not that great. You no, know, they... now
1: I was saying now Joker Two is going to be a musical. Mm-hmm. So do do they did Captain Invincible crawl so that they could run? Maybe, probably, maybe.
0: I was astonished to find out that the joker was getting a sequel but i did not know it was going to be a musical are you serious is influenced real?
2: influenced heavily by the umbrellas of cherbourg yeah which Lady umbrellas Gaga of cherbourg is... is a brilliant film it's a french musical by jacques Tati, and uh, i will i cannot recommend that one enough that movie is amazing um okay. but i thought the, the first joker was pretentious as shit um and i thought it was well end, made so but
1: i thought it was well performed like it but I agree with you. It really it didn't so much wear its influences on its sleeve. It wore its influences as its entire outfit. Correct. Yeah. Uh, well, and... I guess, well done, like f- very well made film and the performance is fucking stellar. But it's just kind of missing that soul because it gets its soul from, well, taxi driver. It gets its
2: soul from taxi driver. Right. Let's just say it,
1: taxi it, taxi driver
2: there is a part of me that feels kind of embarrassed for Joaquin Phoenix that that's the movie he has an Oscar for too. Like he deserves so many, that's a, (sighs) there's so many other movies I would rather he have an Oscar for than that one. You know,
1: I think the performance deserved it though. I'm very weird about that movie because I agree with you, but I will still watch it because boy, boy, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a, an interesting ride. It can be a, a lot of something makes you feel kind of way.
2: Definitely a lot of something.
1: Um, i will not return
0: to that one. That's that was a one and done for me.
2: For me as well. Yeah, I will. I will agree with you on that one.
1: Oh no, I don't. I don't think I've watched it again. I don't really have any desire to. Um, I don't I'll even know that I'm going to see the sequel. it just sounds so court. wild. It sounds so wild. I have no interest. Yeah, neither I. I'll any. let you guys know how it is. Okay.
2: Uh, and you know what? Joseph's a patron, and I'll be there with you when you talk about it. On uh, what are we watching? Hmm. So yeah um the number one film at the box office on january 28th 1983 this is the american box office is a little movie called tootsie which after seven weeks is still at number one having grossed 91.6 million dollars up to this point
1: that's one of my favorite movies ever <laughs> boy i like that movie
2: tootsie's a good movie oh
1: so much oh, tootsie's so good. much, tootsie's good. Tootsie's so good. much. Uh,
2: in second place, another Stephen souza penned script. Uh, it's Walter Hill's Forty Eight Hours. I like that movie a lot too. Look at you, we're just we're just full of movies. This you is love. my week, dude. In third place, um, I mean the the first eight movies are all holding their position from the week before. Like this is not a this is not a movie where a new release even factors into the box office. It's it's January. This is not when you're releasing new movies into theaters generally. Um, But in uh, third place is uh, the movie The Verdict.
1: What if there was a verdict?
2: What if there was a verdict? I think that's the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's, yeah, that's the Paul Newman movie. Um, James Mason, Charlotte Rampling, uh, Jack Warden cameo from Bruce Willis in there. I still have no clue. Fourth place, uh, Gandhi. What if there was a Gandhi?
1: What if? uh and <laughs> your move slime ball yeah not that anybody, one no. that's that's the sequel no more passive resistant no more mr passive
2: resistance um yeah he'll have the steak medium rare uh in fifth place <laughs> previous episode of this podcast the dark crystal which we discussed with our friends uh well, hope lichter and movie. i like uh, movie. style yep and that was a good episode too it was i enjoyed it immensely Uh, And then in sixth place, uh, one of the most, one of the worst movies to ever exist, one of the most racist films ever, Richard Donner's The Toy. What is that? That's the one where Jackie Gleason buys Richard
1: Pryor to be a toy for his, uh, for his grandson. Oh, you haven't seen Soul Man. You said the most racist film ever. You haven't seen Soul Man. I Nancy, mean birth
0: of a nation. I think <laughs> <is actually. laughs> I was going to mention say. that too, but uh yeah, never heard of toy. Oh yeah. Soul toys, man is a movie where a
2: guy oh, no, I, I'm familiar with
1: soul man. He wears, the I watched black face, the first so five that...
2: minutes of it on comedy central once. And Why? I, as a, as a child, I turned the, okay. I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. I was, I was like a young kid home from school and it was on. And I, I swear I watched maybe like the first five to 10 minutes. And even I, as a child who didn't know any better was offended i was just like this is wrong somehow and i turned the channel it's got great people in it though
1: yeah uh, right that's the thing i've uh, listen here c thomas kind of howe james earl jones leslie nielsen julia julia louis dreyfus like you guys come on so steve it's, it's minor like come on but just like really director of a H-2o. company name only maybe Directed by Steve Miner, director of H2O and a past episode of this podcast, the 2008 Day of the Dead remake. Also Friday the 13th Parts 3 and another one. Also Forever Young with Mel Gibson. Steve Miner, man. What a weird filmography. Correct. I'm pretty sure we brought
2: up Soul Man on the the Dawn of the Dead episode. Or on the Day Day of the the Dead Dead episode.
1: episode. I don't recall that. I don't recall Ah. that. I could That's be wrong. the Day of the Dead episode. You guys, I finally changed my name in the in the room here. You did. I've been a vegetarian since the Day of the Dead episode because that kid from Inside lewin Davis is a vegetarian zombie in the Day of the Dead remake.
2: And now your name in the chat is bullshit. Bullshit. Uh, in seventh, uh, re- so for the rest of the top 10, you've got in seventh place, Sophie's Choice, in eighth place, Best Friends, in ninth place, one of my dad's favorites, The Man from Snowy River, and in ninth place, future episode of this podcast, E.T. the Extraterrestrial. We do an E.T.? We're doing E.T., man. Did you not know E.T. Oh, nice. was supposed to have a sequel?
1: I hadn't really thought about it, if I'm being no, no, quite e- honest.
2: E.T. was supposed to have a sequel, my friend, and it is fucking wild. We'll talk about it one day, I assure you. Uh, the Tomatometer score on the return of Captain Invincible is a 60%. 6-0. Like uh, the Metascore does not exist. It is not logged on Metacritic at all. Also fair. Uh, and then the letterbox score, though, is a 3.1. Joseph, as our guest, what are you going to give 1983's 1983 is the return of captain invincible. Uh, you guys do out of five, right? Correct. Yes.
0: <sighs> I'm going to give it a two. Going to give it a two. I don't think, I don't that's think fair. it doesn't deserve a one, two. And again, that's just my opinion. You, you can give half stars as
1: well. You can do half stars.
0: Um, I'll stick with two. I think I okay. solid the two is how I personally. Just one man's opinion, yeah, felt
2: about this movie Very i cool. I gave it a three because okay. i i thought it was i thought it was fun, but you know not like you know the greatest thing I've ever seen, but no it was, it was it was a fun movie i'll I'll give it a three uh Tucker, what about yourself
1: uh I give it a four point five uh because while it it like owns the corner board bodega in my alley. Um, it is by no means a perfect film. No, I'm like like Pootie Tang, perfect film. Uh this, not a perfect film, but I love it four and a half stars. The uh-huh. amount of four and a half stars is how much I love it.
2: Fair enough, man. Yeah. Fair enough.
1: You know, like you do with reviews. Yeah. I I know
2: how we do with reviews. Ratings. I mean that puts us kind of right in line with the uh with the letterboxed average there. So
1: sitting there right around three
2: right around 3.1116 or something i don't know but yeah there it is that is our episode tucker uh this is your show man close us out
1: uh well since it's my show i'm gonna tell you that this is the end and we're gonna do our social medias now and i think now you understand why i don't host this show so, uh, Hey Steven, where can we find the disenfranchised podcast? You, we should probably media? ask our,
2: our guest where, where he can be found and what he's got cooking. Well, first. don't
1: you normally say the podcast stuff and then move on to everybody else?
2: I do the, I do the guest and then I do the podcast and then guys, I do the OJT
1: We're doing some OJT right here on the air. Okay. <laughs> you boys learn you your stuff and then you, then you throw it to me. And then I'll do Learning to love, loving to learn, man. <laughs> yeah dude so hey there jp leck how's it going over there you want to tell us straight up where we can find you on uh the worldwide web if we're out there surfing
2: and maybe um, what, what endless elsewhere uh has been cooking up lately and what you have in store for us
1: oh well yeah sure um it was all implied Stephen. But...
0: <laughs> was it it was i mean i've, really I've been was. on here a number of times i feel like all your recurring listeners must know who i am by now um but yes you can find me uh actually go just go to endless that is the best place to find everything i do i am a novelist i am a filmmaker i am a podcaster myself i have an award-winning fiction podcast called the endless elsewhere podcast um Of which all the members
2: of this podcast supply voices for it. Correct. Um, Your last finale, I played four different characters in that one episode. Absolutely. You did. Which is kind (laughs) of insane. (laughs) That's that's where we operate. We
0: operate in the insane. We do. Um, But uh, just this year, I also released uh, my first feature film called Circle City Supernatural. Which also just so happens to include everyone on the podcast that you are listening to in if the you acting have, roles.
2: If you've ever wanted to see what we look like, this is your chance. <laughs> I don't They're know why, but you can. <laughs> um,
0: and that is now available on Blu-ray at EndlessElsewhere.com. dot com. It's also streaming on Prime. It has also been licensed by a couple of streamers who I cannot name just yet because until it goes live, you are not allowed to actually say. Um, what I will do is quote some Shakespeare. This has nothing to do with what streamer my movie will be on imminently, but uh, to be or not to be, that is the question. Whether tis nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune Or to take arms against a sea of troubles, and by opposing end them, to die to sleep. To be, or not to be, that is the question. What
2: a question! What a question! Anyway,
0: um, (laughs) I think I I think I'm I think I'm covered legally with that one. (laughs) Bill Shakespeare.
1: Yes, yes, indeed. We
0: do love us some Billy Shakes here on this podcast. Uh but yeah, um I think that's everything. It's uh we it's we do a little bit of everything. I try to make something for everyone. If you like to read, there's books, if you like films, which of course you do, you're listening to this podcast. We have Circle City Supernatural available. Um the Endless Elsewhere podcast, it's doing very well. It's gaining so much steam for reasons I still can't fully grasp. Definitely better um, than we are, that's for sure. It's it's doing very well. Um, Yo, when we get
1: in know, season three, man, come on. Season four same thing um
0: what i what I'm doing now i after I finally wrapped up the film I decided to go fallow for a bit and just kind of rest yeah but I, I think can you've never earned it after after that or uh, that but endeavor. goodness the 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 agonizing thing about being joseph Paullekck is that when I'm not working I get really really miserable <laughs> and and it's got it's got i it's just if I'm not doing it I'm not happy and it's gotten to the point where the wife is like Babe, just go back to work. So (laughs) I am (laughs) I am trying not to think about a sequel to the film, but the ideas just keep coming, so I keep putting them down on paper. But I am also presently outlining season four of the podcast, which I hope to go into production with here in a couple of months. We have been the last couple of seasons releasing them in spring. Uh this one may be closer to the summer, depending on how long it takes to do everything because what i did with the first three seasons of the podcast was was there's one big arc that includes all three seasons so not only do i have to plan season four i have to plan seasons five and six because that two will be its own arc i actually have even gone beyond that to um three seasons beyond that and then possibly a tenth and final season but nothing
2: nothing half measures with you huh
0: no i i it's just not the way my brain works um and as rewarding and wonderful as all this is it's also very maddening so having having had the break you know the break of like mere weeks mm-hmm. since i finally finished like you know screening the film at you know theaters and doing the festivals and getting the blu-ray release and all that i'm i am inching back into my world so there there definitely will be more i would love to do a sequel to the film at some point so if you want to check that out please do um and yeah, check out the In The podcast. It's doing very well. And if you, like, if you like the one, you'll like the other because they're both interconnected, as is everything I do on an elemental level. It's all one big multimedia universe. So yeah. you can kind of engage with whatever media you like
2: and it will belong to everything else. The film itself kind of functions as a lead-in to the podcast, right? Absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a great starter, really, because even though on the
0: timeline it kind of like is right in the middle it's a great introduction to the whole thing. Like if you get, if you watch the film and you like the film, you will like everything else that we have. It's a, it's kind of a microcosm of the entire universe. So if you dig the film, you'll dig everything else. And Speaking if there's as- something, oh go ahead. something,
1: sorry, something that's very similar to the film are uh, the, the Patreon stuff that you release like absolutely just like yes the phone, just the phone calls you know instead of like with the podcast it's like you get snippets of phone calls but it's mostly story i know you've released stuff on the patreon that's just like the phone calls in full and i've, I've always been a big fan of that stuff Yeah,
0: absolutely so for those unaware in the universe there is a late night a.m paranormal radio show called circle city supernatural and that's the features- name of the movie it sure what? is it's all he about said the that.
1: name of the movie
0: and it's it's uh it's a big part of everything we've done obviously the film but it's also a big part of our podcast and what we have done with our patreon feed is that we we just take calls from that and so you can listen to all these like just weird little snippet stories um i usually release them as i'm working on whatever season of the podcast i'm doing so look for fresh ones of those to come out pretty much right after this next season comes out because i kind of have to work on them at the same time but yeah it's a lot of fun check it out
2: right on and uh i mean for those of you that are as steeped in the endless elsewhere lore as i am uh there's the movie has a ton of fun little easter eggs if you're if you're watching and paying attention absolutely so
1: many so many so yeah that's that's always a lot of fun um oh yeah um hey steven where can people find the podcast on social media uh, we are pretty much everywhere
2: at disenfranch Pod. Okay. That is to say, uh, Blue Sky, uh, Letterboxed, Instagram, Facebook. You can find us in all those places. Uh, as we mentioned previously, you can also go to Patreon dot slash disenfranch Pod to find all of our bonus material, including the upcoming what are we watching where uh joseph talks about what he's been watching and then tucker and i talk significantly longer about what we've been watching <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, i i joseph I, watches things but has no <laughs> opinions on them so i have opinions i just i'm um, um
0: when it comes to um voicing those opinions i'm not quite as nuanced as the guys on the show which is why <laughs> I'm, i am a guest and not a co-host because i'd be terrible <laughs> at it but um if you if you want to hear the three movies that i watched today. Merely listed, told what I thought of them, very in very short order, very briefly.
2: Check out, the, check out the Patreon. That was good. I like this and one better than that other straight one. Straight up,
1: straight up pushing me through the cold open too, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, man. man. Let me do my thing. He's like, when we're going to talk about what we're watching? What's this? When, when are we going to talk about the thing? Let's do the thing that we efficiency. came here to do. Let's get it done. Come on,
0: let's go. Get it done, you guys. You you talk too much on this pod. It's too much talking. It's too much talking. I can I mean, dig it. It's too much talking. Some I'm some would answers. say any talking from
1: kidding. me is too much talking. There are people that would <laughs> say that.
0: I won't uh, say that because I'm the one who's been pushing to get you on this podcast for a while. So true. I won't I have say that people, opinion.
1: people who listen to this podcast, obviously, are not those people. In roommate. fact, <laughs> my roommate is one of those people. And every time she's like, oh, man, I should, you know, maybe I should listen to your podcast. And I'm like, do you really want to listen to me? talk mm-hmm. yeah for like an hour and a half and she's like oh no you're right yeah i don't want to do well. <laughs> hell no like i can't stand it for more than like 30 seconds like i would not last i'm like yeah think about that next time you ask come on yeah man. i
2: mean you certainly can but the question is come do on, you really want to you do and the answer to that question to. is
1: obviously no like this this girl would be throwing herself off the roof after like five minutes for real mm. she's like i can't stand it up i regret nothing You
0: you can tell your roommate that a uh, complete random person messaged me through Instagram and was astonished that I replied and he, I, he and I actually became friends, but I think he's sort of half in love with the foul mouthed character that your roommate did on our show.
1: Yes. He, he,
0: He talks about her quite a bit. It's quite funny.
1: Wow! So she, I'm to she, she has tell at her, least
0: one endless elsewhere fan. I'm gonna let her know.
1: Yeah, you yeah, <laughs> very, sure. very exciting. She's really good in that too. She is. Yeah, she's yeah. great.
0: She crushed it. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna have her back as her character Troxley yeah. uh, i yeah, You I, absolutely
2: I, need to do that.
1: I could just imagine oh, yeah. you editing it though and beeping all that out and like your, your oh yeah, her hair is curling didn't hold back at all. Yeah, like, was, no. Uh... You know but, who but you're I, dealing with,
2: man. Come I on. do. I do. I have. I know your roommate, so I was not... (laughs) I was not shocked. I I was was going to say, I can't imagine Joseph writing down any of that in the script. (laughs) No, I I was like, pretty much just say whatever you like as far
0: as... I
1: think that's why he had her in mind for the part, honestly. Yep,
0: yep, yep. That was uh, life imitating art, art imitating life, that (laughs) whole thing.
2: There have been a few occasions (laughs) where you've had characters come right up to the line of swearing without actually doing it, because then you would have to edit around it. So the fact that you actually had someone (laughs) actually swear is pretty epic, so... (laughs)
0: All bleeped, of course, um, because we try to keep the show clean so everybody can listen to it. But yeah, she did a great job with that.
2: Right on. Good job, everybody.
0: Uh, Also, make sure that
2: you are uh, rating and reviewing the Disenfranchised podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts because that will help us find more people like you. You can also shoot us an email, uh, disenfranchepod at gmail.com.
1: Word. Well, uh, Stephen, uh, where can we find you specifically? On the social media. Like, what is your address? Yeah, My, can you give us your home address and your social security number, you? possibly your mother's maiden name and your first grade teacher's name? Mm.
2: Uh, well, you can find me on the internet in places like uh, Blue Sky or Instagram or Letterboxed at Chewy Walrus, Pfft, coward. And that is all I will say. <laughs> Smart. You made the, you made the right choice. Smart. Oh, I know.
1: <laughs> uh, hey, Steven, uh, I'm also wondering, where can we find Brett on the internet?
2: Well, apparently right now he's shadow boxing Wind in Australia, but uh, if you were wanting to find him on the internet, he is usually on Instagram or letterbox at sus underscore warlock or on blue sky at sus warlock, no underscore.
1: Interesting, interesting. Very cool information. Well, you can find me on the internet's on youtube and the instagrams uh at ice 909 that's i c e n i n e the number zero and the number nine uh and i also have tuck mugs on instagram tuck underscore mugs uh i i put together a post for tuck mugs it's it's in the works i have photos taken uh the description is being uh run through the writer's room you know i did I did a pass at it, but we want to have everybody look at it and sort of see what we can do to to make it perfect. So I know it's been about two weeks. Uh, do you need a but... punch
0: up? I can do a punch up on it if you like. Actually, I wasn't punch you. up work on uh, yeah, other people's can...
1: Instagram posts. Do you have? Is, do I need <laughs> it's kind to of fill a side out side gig? I'm doing to make the ends meet. Do I need to fill out union paperwork, or is that something you do off the books? No, or... no I'm a scab. It's fine. Okay, <laughs> I was gonna say because. <laughs> Like, no shit, you guys. The uh, child lines
0: are ruining this country. <laughs>
1: like, Sorry, no, go on, what? no shit, you guys. The two themes that Jimmy wrote for us that I paid him to write, I had to fill mm-hmm. out union paperwork for that. And it was kind of exciting. I felt like more American than I've ever felt in my life. Does he belong to some sort of. <laughs> he is a vice president, the vice of, president of the musicians union in oh, Tucson. Oh, wow. Dag Nabbit. amazing. Yeah, dude. Good for him. Big deal. That's yeah. cool
0: didn't realize that was a thing, but it probably should be, so good. It's
1: a deal, yeah. It's a whole yeah. thing. Um, so yeah, Tuck Mugs, It's it's been a few weeks, but uh, we're going to get something up there pretty soon. Uh, and again, calling out for guest mugs. Man, give us some guest mugs. Uh, Joseph, if you've got another mm. mug you would like to submit, your, your submission was... I literally
0: or... just today posted a mug in my new espresso machine that was given to me by some family i you did some family who is funny thing some family who is my sister and brother-in-law that's from the show piper and dr zhao for anyone who knows yeah. who that is i do yeah. a real couple who I've gifted them me a yeah. real espresso
1: machine well she's oh, been piper I mean, like from the beginning that's an old character yeah dude she's she's og like you are you her and sam are well and she and was Lindsay wasn't she, she in um was. the goners she was in the uh, radio play films, yeah
0: Um, No, that was Lindsay, but she, Lauren, a.k.a. Piper was that or a proto version of that character in the short films we did.
1: I do remember. Yes. Way back yes 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 i remember the ones where, where she had, like, telekinetic was, powers that yeah. she got from the yeah, i yeah, remember that scene with it the, mm, and then the she balls moves the move. stuff around yeah, yeah. that's pretty great on the water Good right it was on water
0: or something yes yes actually i still go to that park and i sometimes still look for all those put your hand those out brightly, orange balls wherever we threw them because <laughs> they're somewhere trapped in that creek i just know <laughs> it <laughs> Wowzers! anyway the listener has no idea what we're talking about we should probably move on
1: yeah, uh, let's get some some Tuck Mugs guests, listeners, uh, people on the show here. Steven, if you've got another mug, uh, just holler at your boy because uh, guest mugs, I feel like, is where we live and die on Tuck Mugs. I need some good guest mugs. Get on it, boys. Uh, and as Steven said before, at gmail.com is our email, and you can email your submission to there, and it will be placed upon Tuck Mugs. It's yeah, what everyone it should aspire. aspire to do with their mugs. Have them on tuck mugs. It's going to be a whole thing. I hope so. I've sunk enough time and money into it. It better be. How much money yeah. have you poured into it? Man, you don't I want to know. Dude. You don't even want to <laughs> know, dude. ask my accountant, boy. I don't know. I don't do my own books. What are you talking about? I have a social media uh, manager. I don't do my own books. I feel
0: like we are doing what mr tucker likes to call the midwestern goodbye where we are just mm-hmm. kind of really taking our time to get we're up. just
1: we're slapping our knees and saying well 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 uh so that is our episode uh on straight up the return of captain invincible uh so for myself and steven and our very special guests uh the letter j the letter p leck Um, Captain, they're playing your song.